Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guys Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to www.shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor box or even their watermelon flavor box. Oh, and don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your shocked energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. The Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by Exogun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down. Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it. Work, the gym, the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy. What is percussion therapy? Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast part of your day. I'm Ladarius. Hope all of you are well and safe out there. Now, let's talk about things we're going to talk about on this episode. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about the NFL draft. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks. We're going to talk about Malik Willis. We're going to talk about Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, you know, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> I have to buy my Falcons. We're going to talk about the comments by Ryan Tannehill. We're going to talk about Baker Mayfield. My thoughts on him. And the browser picture is going to be something different, non-sports, but it's an important conversation that we need to have. So, all that being said, let's jump in. Now, the NFL Draft, the 2022 NFL Draft, in the books, we saw some quarterbacks now have new homes, and they'll begin their journeys there. Now, a lot was made about Malik Willis falling to the Tennessee Titans. This is going to transition right into the Tannehill comments. 
to me, I always had Malik Willis as my top quarterback. I had him over Kenny Pickett. Now, that's just my board. And the fact that he fell to Tennessee at that position, this ultimate on day two, you know, is very telling. But what I will say is about Malik Willis, I'm very high on Malik Willis. His first and foremost, what jumps off of you is not necessarily what you see on the field. It's character. And I don't care how you spin it, character matters just as much as your talent. Because you can be a very talented person, but not have but not have a great character. You know, but not be a great character. Your character could be questioned. So I like him with with Tennessee. Kenny Pickett with Pittsburgh, not surprised they share the same building with the Steelers, does the, the, the Pitt Panthers. So Kevin Colbert might come there. They went with what they were familiar with, which which is fine. You go with what you know. So, you know, having for Kenny Pickett, we might see him. You know, we might see him on the field this upcoming season. But I want to talk about Malik Willis. I want to talk about the comments about that were made by by quarterback Ryan Tannehill because a lot, a lot was made. A lot was made about his comments. And and to me, I I have to understand what Tannehill said. Because sometimes we miss the message because of the messenger, I believe. And I've said this on this show many, many times. So so when you go back and he, he was asked about being a mentor. And here's the thing. So I'm going to read you what he said when he was asked about being a mentor to to quarterback Malik Willis. And and when I when I read it, and then I'm going to give you know a reaction on the on the other side on the other side. So when he was asked, Tannehill had this. He he had this to say. And he said, and this is directly what he said. He said, we're competing against one another. Said uh, Willis on when he spoke on earlier in the week. We're watching the same tape. We're doing the same drills. I don't think it's my job to mentor him. But if he learns from me along the way, then that's a great thing. Now, just like the article said, he's not giving Tannehill the cold shoulder. This is what I say. And the question was, should... Tannehill be a mentor to Willis and I say yes and no because to me in our lives we've all had mentors you know just like you know I'll give you an example I had a mentor when I was in college and you know he passed away a year you know he passed away and to me it he became a mentor because I was observing him and I was always curious because if you want to learn, when people come to you with questions, I believe that you can help them absolutely. But when we talk about mentor, being a mentor, someone you look up to, you can look up to somebody and you can always go to them. See, Tannehill, and, like, and, to, and to the point, Tannehill 
you know, listen, he texted him, like, as, as it continues to says, he said he tested, he texted, he tested, he texted Malik after he got drafted. So, he can't, so here's the thing. I believe people said, and then you start seeing these comments come out left and right. Oh, you know, should it, you know, should Ted Hill be a mentor? Look, I look at it this way. Observation is a very, very powerful tool. Someone you look up to. If you watch what they do, not say copy what they do, but you watch how they conduct themselves from a distance. Malik Willis can always go to Tannehill. Tannehill did not shrug off Malik Willis because the people are like, oh, well, Tannehill doesn't want a mentor. It's not, technically, what Tannehill said was right. It's not his job to mentor him. Now, if Malik comes to Tannehill with questions, Tannehill will probably be that kind of guy. And then for people out there saying, oh, but Tannehill's not the guy you want to mentor him, stop it. Tannehill's a guy, he's, a, he's been in the league, he's a veteran quarterback. And other quarterbacks, like I've seen, as much as I like Kurt Warner, like, no, no, nobody said that people, here's the thing, Tannehill basically, should he have said the answer aloud? Maybe not. But that does not change the fact that, hey, he's still going to be there for Malik Willis. They're on the same team, and you should all have the same goals, which is to win. The problem, I think people took it. Excuse me. And this is key. This is what happened. People made it to the point where it was like, Ted Hill was shrugging off Willis. And I, I just can't agree with that. I'll say this before I transition. Look, Ted Hill understands that this is the business. He, like I said, he's a veteran quarterback. He knows Malik Willis is maybe the future of this team. Because remember, Daniel's contract, I believe, expires after the 2023 season. So he understands that this year, next year, could be his last two years in Tennessee. So why would his point is that they're basically competing for the same job. But they're, they're he's still going to help Malik Willis. He's not shrugging him. Nowhere in the comments where he said, well, I'm just not going to help him. Because remember, Favre and Rodgers. Did Favre mentor Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers sat there for three years before he got a look to play on the football field as the full-time starter. Think about that. This is what people understand. At some point, you learn, you observe. And Malik is the type of player I believe will observe, observe, he will absorb. And because he knows, and he's not going to tell you out loud, but the front office knows that, listen, Malik's going to be the guy in probably two years, probably in 2024. So why not dig ahead, depending on situation with Tannehill? So I have no problem with, with Tannehill's comment. And if, let me know what you think in the comments below in this episode, your thoughts on Tannehill and his comment. Now, from well, we're going to stay in the AFC we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield still a Cleveland Brown after the draft which is surprising I felt when Carolina drafted Matt Corral the stock kind of 
kind of dropped. And and when I look at Seattle and where and where, what they drafted, it kind of felt like, well, you know what? Well, are, are they out? Because here's the thing. They didn't go quarterback. So my belief is that I don't think the Seattle is out of the picture. But when I see comments talking about Baker Mayfield that he's a bust, I'm like, stop. Stop. I think the problem is, and this is where I always say you can't make things personal. Because here's the problem. I understand those who don't like Baker. Listen, I wasn't a Baker Mayfield fan. I came around maybe in 2020. I came around, yeah, maybe two seasons, maybe two years ago, I came around on Baker Mayfield. Because I I actually had Donald higher than Mayfield. I did, coming out of college. One of the things that I liked about Baker was how accurate he was with the football. Now... What I will say is this. Baker Mayfield can still be a starting quarterback in this league. I believe that. I do believe that he's still a viable option to be a starting quarterback in this league. It's the problem when I see fans talk about, oh, well, Baker, like, you're making it personal. And when I tell people Baker took this team to the playoffs in 2020, oh, well, Jairus, you know, listen. Who... Before Baker Mayfield, who was the best quarterback that the Cleveland Browns had? I believe the last quarterback, I maybe I'm not too sure, Derek Anderson was. I think maybe I think I'm not sure he was the quarterback that led Cleveland. And you guys can correct me in the comments on this episode. But Baker Mayfield proved that he's a viable option. He can start. He has value. It's just that nobody wants to pay him 19 million, almost 19 million dollars. And I can understand that. And I get that because it's a business. And Cleveland is starting to come to an understanding that now they're in a position where, well, you can't, you know, no draft picks. You could you didn't trade him at the draft, there was no trade partners. So now you're gonna have to eat up some of that money for a team to get them. And there were teams like Detroit. You know, here's the thing. As with, with I would here to that with Jer, I would still take Jared Goff, and here's why. As much as I like Baker, Jared Goff is not. I'm not saying he's in an elite tier, but to me, Jared Goff, you know, give him a, give him, give him this year. I think Detroit has a plan there. And I said, why would you, when you're paying a guy already in Jericho, then you're going to almost kick out maybe not the whole $19 million, but you're going to be having two quarterbacks making a lot of money. I understand why Detroit's not looking at Baker. I would take golf slightly over Baker because the fact that golf, I, 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 I still kind of believe in golf. Now, when I look at a team that no one's talked about, the Houston Texans. Now, Here's the thing. They have the draft capital. They have the capital. My whole logic is bring them in and see what Baker can do. Because the thing is that how sure are you 
can Davis Mills take another step in year two? That's the question. Baker Mayfield is a viable option. To me, Seattle still is the place I have him going. I just think that teams are just waiting on Cleveland to eventually, at this point, here we are in May. Do you do you cut him? Because I tell you something that people didn't also consider. Deshaun Watson is not going to play all 17 games. I do believe that he's going to get suspended for X amount of games. I do believe that. So if you're Cleveland, do you kind of renegotiate with Baker? Or if, if the relations is that bad, which may be that, it may be the latter, you got to move from him. Detroit, I understand why, because I, A, I think because of the money, because you're already paying Jared Goff, and the Rams ate up a lot of that. Or they feel that, well, Goff right now for 2022 is the better option, and we could be looking quarterback at 2023. Because it's a, it's telling the way teams drafted in 2022 this year, it's telling on how they feel about 2023, especially the quarterback position. Because Seattle didn't go quarterback. Here's the thing. Baker fits Seattle to me for this reason. I I think he's better than Drew Locke. I think he's better than Geno Smith. I think he's better than Jacob Eagle. Period. And I'm willing to argue people down for that. Like, Drew Locke is a good dude. He's a good kid. He's a good quarterback. But there's a reason why Denver easily patched him up for Russell Wilson. You know that no one shed a tear when Drew Locke was shipped in that package. So, if I'm Baker Mayfield, who, and if there was, like, you know, I think uh, there was a, a Twitter thing, and they said, gave a word to describe Baker, I said, Baker's talented. Baker's the type of guy, listen, I get his personality will rub you the wrong way, but he's talented. Like, look at, look at Charlie Sheen. I think I talked about Charlie Sheen maybe in a previous episode, maybe last year. Maybe I talked about how talented people can get away with a little bit more stuff. People who aren't talented. Now, Charlie Sheen was the highest paid actor on the number one show, which was Two and a Half Men. All the things that he did, and he got fired. Here's the thing. He got fired because he made it personal. He talked about Chuck Lorre, and Chuck Lorre said, listen... I can't, I, I, I can't have you doing that. And you let him go. Charlie Sheen, listen, was battling some stuff. and, and But yeah, he lost his job. Now, I say that to say this. Now, Baker, I don't see people jumping up and down for Baker. I'm not saying what Baker, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying what Baker is. I'm saying this guy is talented. Because I came around on Baker because I had doubt, same doubts that maybe some of you did. Like, well, well, boy, a rough year. Other things factored in. Like, listen, he had Hugh Jackson. I ain't gonna get into Hugh Jackson, but listen, I, a, I wrote an article. You can check it out on Sports Keto. Well, the right before I wrote about that. But back to the point is that Baker can still start. Let's not pretend that Baker is a scrub. Like, I won't tolerate that. That's the way I kind of feel about Daniel Jones. Like, am I saying that these two guys are 
No. What I'm saying is that they showed flashes in their career of being great. There's a reason, and this is what I always say about quarterbacks. You could t- a, a quarterback is a bust when you don't see growth. Talented guys, you gotta be willing to grow and take that leap. Baker Baker turned it around when Kevin Stefanski came in. All of a sudden, he had a coach who who worked with Kirk Cousins, who understood. Hey, we got to fix this to be great. And he did help Baker. And I felt that with the receiving core, like outside of Jarvis Landry, there wasn't much there. And I'm not going to put that all on Baker. And I'll say this before I transition to my big picture. I said, at the end of the day, when I look at guys like it, I'll lump in Daniel Jones into this. Why not? Understand what these front offices are. Understand what they did. The Giants went out and got Brian Dayball. They got a guy who worked with Josh Allen. Now, I don't think Josh Allen's going to fall off the face of the earth. But who was there for the process? Brian Dayball. Brian Dayball can work with Daniel Jones because he has the tools. There's a, the Giants passed on a quarterback because look, here's what here's what the Giants did with their, their first two picks. They went out and got a offensive lineman that they lost, they they dropped and still got him, and they got Kyvon Thibodeau. They solidified both sides of the of the ball on their lines for the next decade. Here's the thing. With Baker Mayfield, Cleveland had, did had, did Cleveland put Baker in the best position? Now all of a sudden, they go out and get Deshaun Watson, who, yeah, despite all that, listen, I, listen, I, I can go on a whole tangent on that. But listen, off the field, listen, he still got some civil issues, but from, from when he played it, he was at the Texans. Made the Pro Bowl. He led the league in passing. Deshaun Watts is the better quarterback. But they also went out and got Amari. They went out and got talent. Now, my question is, could they have made those moves with Baker as quarterback and go out and get a receiver and get him help? That's the point I'm raising. And maybe it's just a tangent, but to me, it's something to 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 think about. Because, like I say, the Browns are in a position where they may have to end up paying some of Baker's salary, whether they want to or not. Because I think what turned off teams was the nineteen million dollars. They're like, hey, we like Baker, but not an almost nineteen million dollars. Because based on what I read and have written about, I think that was the crux of the problem. Is that? They know Baker. Baker had a market into the draft. All of a sudden, when Matt Corral went to Carolina, it kind of soured. But I hold out hope for Seattle. And I said, don't sleep on the Texans. Because you could essentially get Baker for 2022. And if Baker's good, then cool. But is this how do you feel about Davis Mills? So I'll, I'll leave that there.
Now, before we transition to listen to this episode and every episode of the Sports in the World podcast, go to Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on social media at Ladares underscore Brown. Follow me on Instagram at Ladares double underscore Brown. And, and I want to start doing some more trivia things. So if you're interested in that, let me know as well. Reach out on my social media as well. Now, jumping into this for Brown, Brown's big picture, I'm going to put a big disclaimer box here. I understand what I'm about to talk about may not be sports related, but I'm going to try to make it as sports related as possible. As I pop, you know, before you know, delving into puns and euphemisms. Now, both of you have read and seen that you know, Supreme Court. There was essentially a memo leaked that Roe v. Wade is to be overturned. Now, full disclosure, I I believe when we have conversations about certain issues, I believe that certain people. Their voices should matter more. And I've said this once and I'll say it again. When we talk about issues like abortion, I believe women should, should lead the forefront of that conversation. And men should support it. If that's... Because like, at the end of the day, this issue affects women. It may affect guys, but not even close to the, to the extent that affects women. I'm going to be clear on. I've said the same thing when it comes to when it came to social, you know, civil issues. Civil, I've said support. Sometimes your standing beside someone speaks volumes, and I support women because right now you have women right now who are hurting and concerned. Right now. It's very touchy to talk about, but I'm not going to go into my how I feel about abortion because to me, I feel that's not my place. Do I have a stance on the issue? Absolutely, I do. But it leads me to, to Brown's big picture to talk about this. It is important to understand that we have to have conversations like this. When we have athletes, and, I, and I've mentioned this ad nauseum, but it, it always bears worth repeating. When you have a platform, all of you, if you have a Twitter, you have a platform. And you share your thoughts and opinions. Like, I, 80 20. 80% of that stuff is going to be about sports, it's going to be not, you know, wrestling, football, baseball, back. Yeah. But there's a 20% where I talk about issues like this. Because it's important to understand that. We are more than what people think we are. When you see an athlete talk about issues like civil rights, or, you know, like how, what? Or oh, I disagree with it. Like, listen, I say this. I guarantee you the politics of your favorite player is one that you probably disagree with. This is why I always say you support the player, not the person. You, you're not gonna, you, know, you, you may not like the person, because the person is different from the athlete. This, this, this had, I think I talked about this with Kane. When I talked about, like, listen, he, when he was talking about whatever he was talking about. And people were like, oh. Well, yeah, I don't, look, I didn't agree with what he said. 
but he's not Kane. He doesn't walk around Knox County wearing the, the Kane mask. He's Glenn Jacobs. Glenn Jacobs is not Kane. Politically. The person who plays Kane happens to have a major political stance that you disagree with. But it's a character. So when I see people like LeBron and, and I, you know, when I write for Beyond Women's Sports, and a lot of the, what the WNBA did, talking about social justice, people were so, they were people upset. But understand, they are arguing about issues that affect them. And that's, I guess, my message, weird that I want to get off my chest here, is to understand when you see things going on in the world, in the world we're living in now, understand how people are feeling. That instead of arguing with them, listen to them. Because you might learn something. Because you're never too old to learn. And even if you have a conversation with someone and you still disagree, that's okay. But understand to listen before jumping down somebody's tweet or sitting down jumping down somebody's post or I disagree without reading or listening to what they say. Because I guarantee you, 80% of the 80-20 rule, 80% of the people didn't even read 20% of what, or didn't read or listen to what the person said. But however, there's that 20% of people who listen to 80% of what they said. Because that, you get the better gauge. See, it's the 20% who listens who will say, while I'll disagree or agree with the person, I respect their right their opinion because the Roe v. Wade it's split there are certain issues in this country that will always be divisive I've always it's going to be that way but as I close I'm going to leave you with this if you have a platform just like athletes just like just like how I how I talked about Malik Willis and the Ryan Tanner situation talk about Baker Mayfield Daniel Jones that's the I, people are going to listen. I don't know how many people are listening. But if you're listening, I thank you so much for listening also. But the point, if, if we can talk about those things, we can have those conversations. You don't have to be a, a road scholar to talk about social issues. And all I implore people to do is to be the 20% that listens to 80% of what people say. Because then guess what happens? When you listen to 80%, you might be intrigued to hear the other 20% of what they say. Don't be the 80% of people that I see on Twitter who literally read 20% of my article and go, oh, it's it's clickbait, it's trash. They didn't read it. Because when I write articles for Sports Peter, I write about what I feel are the facts. And I I may throw my opinion, but it's not a controversial opinion. I'm not saying anything that maybe five ten people haven't said before me. So I want people to walk away with that understanding. It's just that be the 20% that listens to people. Because at the end of the day, if we can sit and kind of talk about sports the way we're talking about sports right now, and we're having a conversation here, I implore, implore you to, to listen to people who Roe v. Wade affect. I actually listen to people who certain issues affect more than others. While there's some issues that affect all of us, there are also issues that affect some of us more than others. 
something to think about. And also to think about is that we're out of time for this episode of the Sports in the World podcast. I thank you for listening. And once again, you can check out this episode and every episode of the Sports in the World podcast. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. And also check me out on social media at Ladares underscore Brown on Twitter at Ladares double underscore Brown on Instagram. Also, Ladares underscore Brown on TikTok. Well, I might be dropping in, doing some videos and some previews. Let me know what you want me to do with the TikTok because I want to do videos, but let me know what you want because you're the driving force behind it. Well, folks, until you hear me again, I'm Ladares. Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the sports and the World Podcast.